So, uh, you an artist or something? Uh, yeah. You do paintings or? Yeah, paintings. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. What do you paint mostly? I don't know, just people and fruit and shit. Welcome to Drawing Funny, where we talk tunes with some sketchy characters in the comics industry and fandom. I'm your host, Lynn Workman. Hey gang, before we get into this episode, I've got a little news to share with you. Issue number six of the MSCA zine, The Good, The Bad, and The Sketchy, is now in comic shops around town here in Memphis. This issue is Memphis-themed and has a cover by Charles Ettinger. While you're at the shops, be sure to pick up some free MSCA swag while you're there as well. Oh, and at the cellar in Bartlett, Tennessee, I have some Ultraman sketch cards artist returns from the RR Parks card set. Got uh, two of the new uh, artist returns for sale there. You can also pick up other sketch cards that I've done. Uh, I've got official sketch cards from Tops, Star Wars, Transformers, and others, as well as some of my uh, personal sketch cards, which are a little, little less expensive. Each card is a one-of-a-kind, hand-drawn piece of art. Or, I, I think so. And now, to announce the winner of our first-ever Drawing Funny contest, the winner is... Nobody. Uh, I, I didn't get any entries, so nobody won. I may try another contest down the road, but for now, uh, well, sorry, no winners. And now on with this episode. As an artist, I've heard people say, this would be great exposure for you. Sometimes it might be true, but most times not so much. I appreciate the fact that there are people out there that like my art and would like me to get more exposure for it, but there are times when it's just better to just say no. One time I saw a local aspiring manga comic artist post on Facebook some advice for other up-and-coming artists who want to make it in art. He said they should work for free to get gigs because it would be good exposure for them and a chance for them to, quote, build a portfolio, unquote. I had to respectfully disagree, and for several reasons. First, if you're good at something, never do it for free. I don't care if you're doing your first art job or are a seasoned pro. Get paid for your art. Every time you do art for free, you are not only devaluing your worth as an artist, but that of others as professional artists too. And let's face it, good art supplies, computer equipment, and programs aren't always cheap or free. Get in the habit of being paid. Learning how to charge for your art, billing for it, and promoting yourself are all just as important skills to learn and develop for being a professional artist as learning new art techniques. You can be a great drawer, but if you don't learn the business behind being an artist, well, you're not going to be a successful pro. I think that's one of the failures of some art schools. They don't educate you on the business side of art, such as pricing, billing, taxes, trademark and copyright laws, and promoting yourself and or brand. It's not something many creative people are good at or even have come naturally for them. 
I hate having to price an invoice. I hate having to follow up on unpaid invoices even more. Unfortunately, it's a necessary evil if you want to get paid for your work. Yeah, it sucks, but actually getting those checks in the mail is nice and will help keep the lights on. You will be paid in full! I got into doing sketch cards for the exposure, gaining a Star Wars credit, and getting paid to learn how to work with markers and try some new styles and techniques. I was laid off from my graphic design day job, designing monuments and tombstones at the time, so doing sketch cards was a paying gig. The pay for doing each was little to nothing, honestly less than minimum wage if you do the math. The money in sketch cards is selling the artist returns, if you can. But I was getting paid to draw Star Wars characters for tops. Both were huge parts of my childhood. I got other sketch card assignments and worked on Mars Attacks, Transformers, DC Comics, horror monster card sets, and many more. All fun projects on licensed properties I loved that got me drawing every day. It increased my art audience and created a fan base. Added some impressive credits to my bio, kept some money coming in, and even got me interviewed for a local TV morning show, which is something I'll circle back to when I discuss promotion. Is it okay to help out a friend, family member, or charity? Sure, I do it all the time. What I try not to do is give away my art for free. There usually needs to be some kind of payment or trade involved. Unless it's a really good friend in need, is something I really want to support, or is the kind of exposure I want and think will be worth the donation. TV, radio, magazines, podcasts, and other media can be great exposure, and so can big events like charity auctions. I've done a lot of volunteer work and donations for charities over the years. Back when I had a full-time day job as a graphic artist and or screen printer, it was fun to do the occasional art for charities. It could be a nice change of pace from what I did each day and be doing something to help others. I was named the Memphis Ronald McDonald House's Special Events Volunteer of the Year back in 2001, and again with the RMH's A-Team and NightmaresHauntedWeb.com cohorts, Patrick French and Todd Patton, the following year in 2002. In 2012, I was awarded a President's Volunteer Service Award by Volunteer Northwest Mississippi, a volunteer center of the Community Foundation of Northwest Mississippi in conjunction with the President's Council on Service and Civic Participation and the Corporation for National and Community Service. Wow, that was a mouthful. I've also done some volunteer work with the JCs a long time ago with their haunted house. So, I've done a bit of charity work. Now, since I'm an artist and don't have a lot of money to give, I usually donate my art, my art services, or my free time to help with working on those special events. When I got laid off a couple years ago and had to freelance, I hate that word by the way, I had to repeatedly turn down any art jobs that didn't pay something. And those exposure people always seemed to have the worst timing too. It really seemed like after I got laid off from my graphic arts day job and tried to freelance, the majority of the work offers I got were wanting me to do art for free or close to free, or at a very discounted rate. That's not what the free and freelance means. I like to eat, feed my cats, have a roof over my head, a car to drive, and occasionally get to take my wife out for a date, and I like buying comics and other guano. Thankfully, I do have a day job that pays my bills and covers my art supplies, so I am able to say no a lot more these days, especially when someone mentions exposure. doesn't mean I'm totally against any pro bono work or even an occasional side gig. I just enjoy being able to not feel like I have to do the work, and that's very freeing. 
it's been nice to work on pieces and projects that I wanted to work on. I choose when I want to expose myself, so to speak, or not. One thing I learned doing special events was that lots of other people were getting paid. Staff, event locations, DJs, and many others were all getting paid, even if it was at a discounted rate for some. If they weren't getting paid, they were getting some kind of advertising out of it. Each time I did something for free, not only was I not getting paid, but some other professional artist might be missing a potential paying gig too. The worst thing is we didn't even get paid. Having to pay my bills with my art made me rethink how, when, what, and which charities I would or could donate to. I already got a guilty conscience. Might as well have the money too. Now, when I do something for a charity, it's usually a trade of some kind. Tickets to an event, some sort of merchandise, you know, like tees, jackets, books, etc., or other compensation. Occasionally, I'll give a discounted rate, but I still get paid. Some agree, others pass, and that's fine. Some charities are very appreciative, and others will try to take advantage of you. Know what you're getting into on the front end when you agree to all projects like that, and get everything in writing, even if it's just emails or texts. A saved email can help with any misunderstandings that can come up and save possible confrontations or bad feelings. Want to draw some cartoons for sick kids or veterans at a VA hospital? Like to paint faces or draw caricatures to help raise money at an event? Great, do it. You'll probably have an awesome time doing it and make somebody's day. I've had a blast doing those type of things in the past, and I love the warm, fuzzy feeling from helping out others, especially making a sick kid smile. There's nothing like it. Just know what you're getting into and try to have fun. Pick and choose and don't feel like you have to say yes to every charity request. You can suffer burnout if you're not careful and that doesn't do anybody any good. I sometimes still donate art to charities or events, usually prints I have on hand or a limited run for the charity to sell like the ones I did to uh, save the Massac Theater in Metropolis, Illinois. I do it to help something I believe in and I want to support. Make sure if you do donate art that you work out any reprint rights. Are you donating the image to be copied and resold as a fundraiser? Are you just donating the original art to be sold as is? Or are you keeping the original and giving them limited reproduction rights? Do you get any printed items in return? Do you get to keep any future printing rights or get any printed items in return? Like I said, work these things out at the beginning and get it in writing. You'll be glad you did. Oh, yeah. For friends and family, it's usually some kind of trade, usually for services. I'll help them with their project, and they'll help me with mine. Inking, coloring, cover art, pinup, etc. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Some people don't like to return the favor or credit you for your work, and those are the ones I no longer work with. I don't always expect something in return. Sometimes it's just for the fun of it and helping out a friend in need. But it can't be a one-way street in their favor all the time. Ever had a friend ask you to help them move, but were way too busy to help you when you needed it? Pretty much the same thing. Call for backup. One time my friend Greg Cravens was cutting a deadline close and asked a few of us over to help finish his comic pages. He offered us beer, sodas, and pizza to help him finish on time. As Greg would finish inking a page, he would pass it off to one of us to put Zipatone down to shade the images. Zip is a film with uh, dot patterns printed on it and has an adhesive backing. You cut it out with an X-Acto. He was working on a Planet of the Apes annual, and I got to work on the splash page. 
We were all working as fast as we could, cutting with the X-Acto knives and placing the zip down. We were also cracking jokes and having a good time and just hanging out. I learned a lot from that champ session about using shading to help create depth or mood. It was my first time to work on a comic, and an apes comic at that. It was a fun night of comics and camaraderie, and a great example of friends coming together to help another friend meet a deadline. I always enjoyed times like that, or inking on another friend's page while hanging out at a coffee shop or somebody's studio. If you're new to comics, filling in someone's blacks on a page could be a great learning exercise. Same for doing color flats, stapling zines, or other art tasks to help with production. Great way to learn the ropes of making comics and enjoying some good times with your friends too. I do art and logo design for free for my wife Nikki from time to time when she needs it. Mostly because I love her and want to see her succeed, but also because she repays my help by building my websites and helping me keep them updated. She doesn't draw, and I'm not really a great web monkey, so it works out pretty good for both of us. And I can gain some good husband points. Always a good thing. I know that living with an artist isn't always an easy thing for her, and having a live-in IT person can be a very handy thing for me. Plus, she's taught me so much about technology, and I wouldn't be doing this podcast without her help. I feel one of the other things about doing art for free is you're helping to train people to not pay for art. I've had bosses throw in the art or waive the art fees for customers and then turn around and tell me they can't afford to give me a raise or afford new equipment or art supplies. They were training their customers to not pay for art and production services and would continue to do it over and over again. It became a habit for them. If we had to pay an outside company we were ordering from to do any kind of Photoshop or pre-prep work, on a project, it would have cost our company at least $25 to $75 an hour. Yet, I couldn't get it through their heads to charge it when we did the same in-house art for our customers. Not only would I not be working for free, although definitely not making $25 to $75 an hour, I guarantee you, but they could make additional profits for charging for art and setup fees. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather get the kind that folds. I have been guilty of doing art for free for a chance to get a portfolio piece out of it or help a charity, but most times my company or the one I was working for at the time got to do the printing on it or I'd get a commission for bringing in those orders. Yeah, technically I occasionally did what I bitched at my bosses for doing. I was young and stupid, so, you know, just try not to make a habit of it yourself. My bad. When I was starting out, I did a lot of art to build a portfolio and Building a portfolio is essential if you want to be a professional artist. Every artist needs to build up a portfolio of work. I started off my portfolio by doing designs for local musicians, sport teams, radios, and charity events. Some were side gigs, others were part of my day job. Back when I started, it was a literal portfolio filled with pages of my art. But these days, it can all be digital. Many artists feel that they are obligated to do art for free if they aren't a professional and or that they have to pay their dues to make it. I think that's complete BS. If someone isn't willing or able to pay me, I seriously have to consider just how professional their project is or isn't. If I'm going to do a comic book or a tea design for free, it's going to be for me. 
Again, you need something to show potential customers what you can do, but just don't give away your art to build up those examples for a portfolio. Even if I did it for free or at a discounted rate, I did get something in return. Copies of the finished product from our portfolio, tees, CDs, posters, books, comics, mugs, etc. I got the job of printing the items and or getting invited to the events, like when I did the redesign of the Rock 103 Walrus logo. I got a lot of mileage out of that design, and so did they. If someone promises you something to use in your portfolio, make sure you get it, and make sure you get credit for doing it. What good is doing a portfolio piece you can't show or get any credit for or exposure with? I've been hosed on a few projects. No credits, signature cropped out, no finished items to show for it, bounce checks, and more. But you live and you learn. Thankfully, I've had more positive experiences than negative ones in my career as an artist. Is there such thing as good exposure for an artist? Sure, lots. With the internet and social media, you can expose yourself online. So it was you. I was going to expose you. I know. So I choose to expose myself. Please, there are ladies present. Others can share that exposure or create some for you which gets shared. They told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on. Marketing and promoting yourself and your art is another important skill to learn as an artist. I've had some great opportunities for exposure and not only benefited from it, but was able to help others by doing it. Many times I made a few bucks off of it. You just have to choose and pick wisely. He chose poorly. Here's a good example of that sort of thing. I've donated art to the Orpheum Theater in Memphis, Tennessee for several of their charity auction fundraisers. Sometimes I've donated canvas paintings from one of my previous art shows. Other times I've painted one of their blank canvas chairs. Each time they've either given me tickets to the auction, which were worth 150 bucks each, and or they gave me tickets to a play or summer movie at the Orpheum. I love this theater and enjoy visiting it any chance I get, and it's always a good date night for me and my wife. We've even been able to take some of her family and some of our friends. Three of the five canvas chairs I did for them have been featured center stage at the auction and have helped raise some big bucks, and I've seen some bidding awards break out over my chairs. My name is not only in the program book, but on the big screen and announced as the chairs go to auction. The people who go to these auctions are people with money, and they like to spend it on art. When I tell folks that I'm an airbrush artist, many immediately think of the 80s t-shirts and 70s vans. It's not always considered fine art, and many folks think the airbrush does all the work anyway. Voila! Not much more respect when I tell folks I'm also a cartoonist. Ugh. Do you like cartoons? My relationship with the Orpheum Theater not only gave me and my wife Nikki some chances to dress up like adults and enjoy good food in an open bar, but also got me invitations to do a one-man art show to sell my art, promote myself, I have business cards and postcards with my website address on them to hand out, and have my airbrushed and cartoon work looked at as fine art in a respected space. It got my name and art out in front of people who like buying art. Plus, there was a post and link on their website. It has helped me to build a name and rep around town. That's great exposure. Full-blown, complete exposure. I got to hand out postcards and business cards with my uh, name and website address on it and samples of my work. Plus, make a few bucks. 
We also got to see the Adams Family musical for free one night during my week-long art show, which is a total bonus. They also invited me to participate in auctions where the artists get to keep the majority of the money. It was a thank you for helping them raise money for their Halloran Center for Performing Arts and Education, which turned out great, by the way. It's the building next door to the Orpheum, and we artists got to take a tour and have a powwow with the head of operations to discuss our opinions of future fundraising and events. Due to previous health issues and, well, the pandemic this year, I haven't been able to be a part of their auction for a few years now, and, and I miss them not offering the painted chairs anymore. Those were a lot of fun. I've also done art shows at Theater Memphis. Lots of folks seeing my work for about a month each show, and I did a reception for each show as well. Both shows there were very successful, a lot of fun, and good exposure. You're exposed. Nikki and I got to see a couple of plays for free, and the receptions were a chance for a lot of my friends and family to mingle and see my work. Expose him! Expose him! <laughs> the first show I did there was a Sherlock Holmes art show, and it was held in the lobby of the Theater Memphis. It was well received. We had a fun, costumed opening reception. We got tickets to the play, and I even got a mention in the Go Memphis section of the Commercial Appeal local newspaper. Exposed again! I did notice there was no mention of me or the art show in the show's program. My name only appeared on the info cards I had placed beside each painting and the little bio uh, page I'd put up. Not a big issue, but it would have helped with more exposure for me. It was an accident, man. A couple years later, they asked if I would like to do another Halloween-themed show and design their poster and program art. It was for Young Frankenstein, so I said sure. That's Frankenstein. I did a Frankie Goes to Hollywood art show, and Nikki and I got tickets to the play again. We also did another costumed uh, opening reception, which was a blast. Frau Blucher. This time I noticed that there was not only no mention of me in the art show and the program again, but there wasn't any art credit on the posters or postcards for the free illustration I had done for exposure. In fact, the graphic designer who basically typeset the poster and prepped it for printing got all the art credit in the programs and on the poster. And my subtle lens signature on the monster's sleeve had been cropped out of the art. Again, not great exposure if you don't get the credit, especially if someone else does get implied or outright credit for your work. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. I did get one of my paintings shown in the Memphis Flyer newspaper, along with an announcement in the paper's uh, event calendar. But my signature still didn't appear in the newspaper ad because of the cropping of the image. I had a fun time, and it was a successful art show, and I was really thankful for the opportunity to have my art on display and for sale in such a great traffic location. In spite of how I may sound, I'm not angry about the situation, and the theater has always been extremely supportive of me and other local artists. It wouldn't have cost anything extra for the theater or the graphic artist to give me the art credit I deserved and, well, kind of assumed I was going to get. But I'd rather be remembered for my own small contributions to science and not because of my accidental relationship to a famous 
Kukla. <laughs> like I said, I had a great time seeing the play and having an art show opening there. But as far as it being good exposure for my name as an artist, eh, maybe not so much. Definitely was a learning experience. I would have been a part of a Halloween art show there a couple of Octobers ago, but it was kind of last minute and my compressor died on me while working on a painting for it. Maybe I can do another one there someday. I do like the space and the folks that run it. And again, it's been a while since I've done any show of any kind. One art project I worked on that I didn't get paid for was a webcomic I did for the Wake Up Crew at Rock 103 in Memphis back in the 90s. It was totally a do-it-for-the-exposure type of thing, and I knew that going into the situation. Tim Spencer, who was part of the crew and Rock 103's webmaster, contacted me and some of the other Mid-South Cartoonists Association members about submitting comic content to him for a new The Funny Pages section of the radio station's website. I hadn't really done a lot of gag cartoons or actual comic strips, so it was a good challenge for me and a chance for good exposure. At the time, rock103.com had been touted as the most visited Clear Channel website with highest number of hits of any other radio stations. Tim and the Wake Up Crew regularly mentioned the funny pages during their morning show, and we had links from their site to the MSCA site and to the MSCA's members' own pages. We had a link back to them as well on our site. It had different cartoons on the page and was updated pretty frequently, had a huge archive, and were some of the first webcomics online. It lasted for about a year or more. It's a shame it didn't last longer, but was a good beneficial relationship for all of us while it did. A lot of times when I get asked to do art for free, it's by a writer and usually an unpublished one. They sometimes think I should be grateful to be asked to illustrate their project for free, or they promise back-end deals of payment or profit sharing. They think it's going to be the next New York Times bestseller and tend to get a bit offended if you don't think so as well. I've almost always said no, but one project I agreed to do and for a reduced fee. The author... Krista Michaels, was funding her own book. It was called Ramblings with Red, Why Does My Life Seem Like a Bad Bee Flick? I really hadn't done any book covers or interior illustrations at that time, and I dug the title and was promised copies of the finished book. I was asked to do a couple of book signings, which turned out to be a lot of fun as well. I don't know if it turned out to be a success for her or not, but I got a kick out of seeing it on the bookstore shelves from time to time, and she did follow through with everything she had promised, and I had fun illustrating it. It's out of print as far as I know, but was one of the first print-on-demand projects I ever worked on, and it may still be listed on Amazon. Back in the fall of 2019, I did a couple murals for the Tunica Humane Society in northern Mississippi. All of our cats are rescues, and I love to support animal shelters whenever I can, either by donating a few bucks, some supplies, or doing some art. I really enjoyed painting at the Tunica Shelter and expected nothing in return other than, you know, getting to play with the kitties while I was there. 
When I was done with one mural, they asked if I would be willing to paint a few more things around the room. I had been having fun painting and playing with the cats, and it actually made a few new furry friends. The shelter had been super nice about asking me to join them for lunch, so I said sure. During the second mural, I asked my wife if we could adopt one of the kitties there named Poppy. She had been my constant companion while I was painting in the cat room. After some discussion, Nikki agreed, and that following weekend she met me there as I was finishing up the painting so we could do the adoption. I wasn't expecting it, but Sandy, the shelter director, waived the adoption fees for us. Now Poppy is known as Lena, and the little nugget is a big part of our family. We love our little Lena Lou. These days, I only do art that I'm interested in, and I set the price and or terms. I rarely do commissions because they just aren't worth the hassle to me. Everyone thinks they're an art director, and I just don't have the patience for that anymore. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Sometimes the anxiety is just too much. I draw, paint, design what I want, when I want. I'm the boss. And if someone wants to pay my price, fine. If not, then I'll donate it to a charity auction like Heroes, the Orpheum Theater, or future shelter events happening on down the road. I would rather enjoy something I do for fun than being miserable and suffering through a paying gig, and definitely not for one that doesn't want to make it worth the effort, stress, and anxiety. Lately, I've almost immediately regretted saying yes. Yeah, it's easy for me to say no thanks to many projects these days since my wife and I both have paychecks coming in. It may be really tempting for some folks to do free things for the exposure or experience they feel they need. I get it, and I don't begrudge anyone for it. It's just not for me most days. And I also don't like to devalue art in general. It's bad enough now that people think that they should get art for free just because they can download something off the internet. Working artists don't need me or others lowing what the public already thinks original art is worth or not worth. In all honesty, when it has come to quality exposure for me and my work, I have to thank my friends in the media. I sent John Bifus at the Commercial Appeal a copy of my press release for one of my black and white monster piece shows because I knew he was a monster fan and might be interested in attending. I didn't expect him to walk the press release down the hall to the editor of the Go Memphis section of the paper. One morning, while I was waiting on my breakfast order at a fast food restaurant, I flipped through the newspaper sitting there and saw a photo of me behind one of my paintings. It really surprised me. That was great exposure, and I had an awesome turnout for that show. Andrew Smith, a.k.a. Captain Comics, also worked for the Commercial Appeal and was a great person to send press releases to. Get to know your local media folks. Sending out good press releases is essential for getting exposure for yourself and events. It's not that hard and really doesn't cost you anything these days, but some time, research, effort, timing, and a little creativity. Expose yourself at will. Just remember to cover who, what, when, where, why, and how much. And just keep it simple. There was a time when people would actually write a story based on your press release. But these days, with all the budget cuts, it seems like the media just wants to cut and paste. And unfortunately, even then, they can get things wrong. If you don't know anything about writing press releases, again, just Google it, um, ask around, or, you know, if you ever want to talk self-promotions and press releases, just hit me up at an MSCA dinner meeting or one of our Zoom calls or other events. I'm happy to talk shop and share any info I know. Oh, 
make a mailing list for the local medias. Get to know your local media as well as the uh, media around the country and make a mailing list for them. Don't bombard them, but send them stuff whenever you've got something important happening. I was really honored to have RSVP Magazine do a feature article on me, and I was blown away by the double-page spread that Airbrush Action Magazine ran on me in their Reader's Gallery. I've had some of my work featured there before, but usually it's only one or two pieces in an issue. This was a real shocker. David Fisher, one of the publishers of Amazing Figure Modeler Magazine, had seen my work and met me at a Wonderfest up in Louisville. He later asked to run a couple of pics of my airbrush monster pieces in their reader's gallery. It was one of the few times they featured something like that that wasn't model kits or sculptures. It was a real honor. Being able to do TV appearances for local cons or events is another way to get great exposure. Just be prepared to get up really early and wait to do your two to three minute segment. I've had local cons or the DeSoto Arts Council ask me to go on the air with them to promote events. Whenever my friends Tom Dees and Derek Coran at Fox 13 in Memphis needed some kind of light feature story, they'd call me up and ask, hey, what are you doing? They've done news stories for Good Morning Memphis about me drawing Star Wars sketch cards, Superman tees, or even airbrushing. They were a lot of fun to do, and I had lots of people tell me they saw the segments that morning or when they repeated them at noon or at the later broadcast that night. It's also worked out pretty well for them. Not only are they getting someone to fill in last minute for their canceled segment, but the airbrush segment got them an Emmy nomination. I met Tom and Derek back when I was volunteering at the Ronald McDonald House at Memphis, but really got to know them at the Nightmare's Haunted House. Later, it was called the Haunted Web of Horrors. They had come out to do a story, and they loved clowning around so much that they started volunteering at the haunt in the clown room. Hey, kids! <laughs> We all had a blast and enjoyed volunteering at the haunt. At first it benefited the local Ronald McDonald House, and later Youth Villages of Memphis became its charity. I acted, uh, did makeup, promo art, and scene construction for free for several years, and later Patrick was able to compensate me for some of my artwork and airbrushing. When we started this event, I didn't go into it looking at it as good exposure. It was more community service but it did end up leading to great exposure in the media and a couple of one-man art shows in the haunts lobby. I also ended up making a lot of connections and friends like Tom and Derek. Oh, and definitely get a website and learn how to use social media effectively. Try to keep your web addresses and social media handles easy to remember and spell. Put them on all your promotional materials. See if local comic shops, bookstores, conventions, or other locations would be willing for you to leave behind some of your freebie promos. Look at doing Kickstarter campaigns or opening up an Etsy store or some other online store. Look into setting up at conventions and art festivals. Get a banner, tablecloth, signage, and other items for your table. Have those promotional materials handy and hand them out to people at shows and or include them in your mailouts for your customers. Keep business cards on you. Be the master of your web domain and your exposure. Have new items for sale and new products to hand out whenever you do shows. Keep an eye out for sales on promotional materials or products that you could sell. Buttons, stickers, pins, postcards, and more can act as promos and items you can sell. You may be surprised at what can happen for you with some simple and inexpensive promoting. I've asked some of my artist friends, 
how do you handle someone asking you for free art because it would be good exposure for you or you'd get paid if and when the project makes money? I also asked, is it usually charities, businesses, writers, or others who usually ask that question? Here are some of the answers I got back. Illustrator, art director, and awesome bass player Bob Kimball said, Being asked to donate to a charity is fine, but being asked to work for free is another matter. With a charity, all proceeds go to the cause. If it's a for-profit venture and I'm being asked to work for free, the answer is no. I usually just say, I can't work for free any more than you can. Illustrator, MSCA member, and syndicated cartoonist Greg Cravens told me, I don't seem to get that much anymore. I have a pile of work that people usually have a hint about before they talk to me, and I just look too old for people to honk about exposure or experience to. I volunteer to donate stuff now and again, and people seem grateful. Otherwise, the only time I've had people ask me to do something for nothing has been when they honestly feel like they're offering me something. One woman was certain that her book idea would sell well in the stores who had already agreed to sell it. I pointed out that nothing was certain, and I didn't want to be a business partner with her. She hadn't actually understood that offering to let me roll the dice alongside her on how well the book sold made me a business partner. Once that was clear, she did pony up some front money. Good thing, too, because she never got the book to press. Illustrator Nathan Thomas Miller replied, How do I handle people asking me to do art for free for them with the promise of great exposure and a percentage if and when there's a profit? Basically, no. I tell them that I am a working professional artist in high demand who has paid well for this trade that took me 30-plus years to master, and for every unpaid job I take, I have to turn down a paying job. I have a family and bills to pay, and this is not a passion project or a hobby for me as it is for you. I have stacks of ideas and projects I want to do for myself, so working on your idea and project for free just doesn't make sense. Your project will not bring me exposure, and I hate to tell you that your indie comic book graphic novel will not make money. Not enough for me to ever get paid. That's usually it if they want a graphic novel. I tell them, you understand that a graphic novel means a year of my life drawing it, right? That means I have to put on halt all of my big, high-profile, paying commercial work I am doing now so that I can spend a year unpaid drawing every day with the hopes that maybe I'll get a check for a couple bucks when the book makes a profit in 10 years. He says, I'm not actually that blunt with them. I understand having a dream and how hard it is to get something like that going. So I try to be very supportive and easy with them, but I wish people would appreciate what artists do for them and their product, how important it is selling it, and that we should be paid for the work. And most of all, know who you are writing. I would never in my right mind write to a known working pro artist and ask them to draw a graphic novel for free. It's an insult and just plain dumb. He goes on to say, Sadly, a lot of us have to do work for free or nothing in the beginning, and it never goes away even once you've made something of yourself. They will still always want the art for nothing. After all, to them, it's not work because we enjoy it. Illustrator Billy Tackett told me, I tell them I'm sorry, but I have a large mortgage payment, car payment, electric bill, and that I've developed a taste for expensive craft beer. <coughs> or, if the person is being rude or insistent, and I have this one chambered. Sure, I could do your art project, but the problem is I can only do it whenever I don't have a paying gig in progress. 
So you're looking at a timeline of anywhere between six months to eight years before I can get started. Will that work for you? He says, if I'm approached by a charity that I want to help out, I will offer to let them use some existing art if possible. I suppose word has got around that I'm an a-hole or something because I haven't been approached with this too-good-to-be-true offer for quite a while. The guilty parties asking me were usually bans for the most part. And comic book artist and my old Bushytails partner, Dave Beatty, said, I usually get asked that by people who have never been published. I just say no. My fellow local artist who was giving out the the do-it-for-the-exposure advice meant well. He was just trying to do a good thing and help out a young artist. He was probably given the same advice from someone when he was starting out. No, dear, that's wrong. The problem is he was misinformed, or maybe taken advantage of, and didn't have the experience behind him to know better. I later saw that his Facebook thread on the exposure subject had been deleted. It's a shame, because I had hoped to use some of my replies in that post on my art blog site. Oh well. I guess all this is to say there are times to do things for exposure and times not to. But if you do, make sure it's worth it to you and that you're getting credit for your work. Again, it's not good exposure if no one knows you did the work, or someone else gets credit for it. Saying no to exposure gigs can be a good thing, for your wallet and your sanity. Knowing when to say yes or no is going to take time and experience. It's got to be your decision as an artist, whether you paint, draw, dance, act, sing, take photos, or have other creative abilities to share. Make yourself valuable, and don't be afraid to make money with your abilities. Most of all, don't devalue your work or let someone else devalue it for you. Be a professional if that's what you want to be. Otherwise, just have fun with your hobby. All these rules, I feel like I'm in a strip club. So there you go, my opinion and the opinion of some fellow artists I respect on the subject of free art and exposure. Like I said, goes for any creatives. You know, free music, writing, photography, acting, special effects, etc. Plumbers don't do it for the exposure, no matter how much of their butt cracks we see while they are working. <laughs> I hope this episode helps you and other artists with how to handle the exposure issue, and I hope it helps the public to understand we don't want to be starving artists. I can't get corn dogs on my good looks. Lord knows I've tried. Josh, go put those corn dogs back. You can't make me do anything. Well, I think I've talked enough for one afternoon, and I still have to edit all this. Uh, I will come back and do another episode on pricing. And maybe another one on uh, promotions. So, hope you enjoyed this one. Again, if you got any questions, you know, feel free to shoot me an email or hit me up on social media or just stop on by one of our Zoom meetings for the MSCA. We'd love to have you join in on the comics conversation. Funny is an MSA podcast. 
can find out more about the Mid-South Cartoonists Association at midsouthcartoonists.org and on the MSCA Facebook page. Be sure to like that page and follow our group on Twitter at MSCA underscore Memphis and on Instagram at Mid-South Cartoonists. You can keep up with this show at any of those or on the show's site, drawingfunny.com, as well as on Twitter at drawingfunny1, that's drawingfunny with the number one, or Instagram at drawingfunnypod. Links and other info can be found in the show notes of each episode at drawingfunny.com. Shameless plug for me, I have my Lynn Workman, that's L-I-N Workman.com art site, and my geek travel blog and webcomic, HaveGeekWillTravel.com. My social media info and bio are on all those sites, along with several examples of my artwork. Thanks for listening. I hope to talk tunes with you all again real soon. Until then, stay tuned and keep drawing funny. <laughs>